0: Dr. Barbara Royal was raised in the Chicago, Illinois area. She got her veterinary degree from the University of Illinois in 1995. She made an effort during her veterinary education to get exposure to a wide range of different facets of veterinary medicine, including work with aquatics, zoo, and wildlife species. After graduation, she practiced in a variety of different environments while discovering an interest in holistic medicine and nutrition. She did IVIS acupuncture training, studied Western and Chinese herbal medicine at Tufts University, and rehabilitation at the University of Tennessee. She is the founder of the Royal Veterinary Treatment Center in Chicago, has published magazine articles and a book, and is an international speaker. She has also served as president of the AHVMA. Dr. Royal and her business partner, Dr. Natasha Lilly, founded the Royal Animal Health University, which is dedicated to teaching holistic care to pet parents, industry professionals, and veterinarians, with an emphasis not only on animal health, but on the health of our environment and planet as well. Please enjoy this discussion with Dr. Barbara Royal as we discuss her education, her variety of experience in veterinary medicine, her interest in nutrition and environmental health, and the recent merger of Royal Animal Health University with CIVT. Dr. Royal, thanks for taking the time.
1: Love it. It's so fun to do. Thanks. So where'd you grow up? I grew up near Chicago, basically right, you know, the good old Great Lakes.
0: Did you uh, have pets as a kid?
1: No, I drove my mother crazy because there were, I grew up in a big family. There's seven of us and we were sort of like the Von Trapp family. So we had a lot of artists and singers and everybody else. And I was always just crazy for animals. So I would secretly bring in anything injured or small or whatever and have a little hospital wing underneath my bed. And I was, um, yeah, I was that
0: kid. Ah. (laughs) So the idea of being a veterinarian was pretty early on.
1: Very early on. I just, yeah, I, I had a, had a story, I think that I even wrote about in my book about how I, um, the thing that really inspired me was I, I rescued a little after a storm, I found a baby blue jay and being able to rescue that little animal and actually bring it to the point when it could fly and take off and, and in just you know, watch it soar and and go off, and then it just sort of lived in the neighborhood for the next few years and and recognized me. It was just like, okay, I need that connection for the rest of my life.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, where did you do your undergrad?
1: I did my undergrad in two places: University of Colorado in Boulder, and then I graduated from a very small little liberal arts school in um, Lake Forest, Illinois, uh, called Barra College, which actually doesn't exist anymore. It was a, it was a. Um, a uh, religious I think it was a Catholic school and my mother and all of her sisters went there and my sisters all went there and I was not gonna go there and then it turns out after two years at the at, at University of Colorado and I I just really felt like I was you know I was pretty wild <laughs> uh-huh. um and I just I was I knew I wasn't learning what I needed to do if I really wanted to be a vet so I came back to Illinois, went to that school the chemistry. I was lucky because the woman who ran the chemistry department there saved me a hundred percent saved me. She was brilliant and driven and just said, wow, Barb, you're, you're just not applying yourself. I was like, yep, I know. (laughs) And she took me under her wing and taught me how to really study, how to really learn. She made me a chemistry major and, and just um, whipped me into shape Wow. So, yeah, that was that woman and I'm still in touch with her. She's 90 some years old from Canada and just a wonderful woman Dr. M Patricia Faber and she many people have the same story from her because she's she's been years and years in the in the you know education and has made a difference for so many people but she's a good friend, a really good friend and saved my life.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Was she always at that college? Yes,
1: she was and she I believe was the first woman to be, in fact, I have um, can't really see it in this room, but anyway, (laughs) I I have uh, one of the um, things that she won because she was the first woman president of Yale's, I think it's the Sigma Psi Society. I can't remember. It was a scientific society, but she was the first woman who was given that honor because she was just amazing. So my senior year, she had to go to Yale and spend a year at Yale and I was devastated. Absolutely devastated. But,
0: oh, I can imagine.
1: But she came back. She was a wonderful, wonderful teacher.
0: Okay. So Vet School, Illinois.
1: Vet School, University of Illinois. Yep, absolutely. And I, um, I, I also sort of, you know, didn't really plan to go there, but they had such good programs and so much help for the students. It was really a, a, a wonderful combination of things where you could sort of do work study. You could also... Um, uh, you had a lot of externship opportunities and things like that. And I just thought, all right, I'm definitely going to the university of Illinois.
0: So, it so was what, good. what kind of experiences did you have there as a student and what did you explore?
1: I was, um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting education for me because I, you know, always wanted to be a veterinarian. So I was desperate to fit in, desperate to fit in. So, <laughs> and then <you're> like, oh. <laughs> um, and I, I had, um, really, you know, involve myself in in the school and you know, with my classmates and everything else. And then I think the first thing that sort of let me know that I might well, I might be still, you know, having to sort of run my own path um, was when we were we were doing surgical rotations and we had to change up the way that we did surgical rotations because I I really couldn't purchase the surgical dogs. And do the things that that they were going to have us do. So anyway, we ended up changing the whole system um, for a group, a small group of us um, did it sort of a different way without sort of doing a lot of the, what we used to do. It's sort of a vivisection kind of thing. They wanted to prove to us, you know, what an animal would feel if, if they were, um, you know, not given anesthesia, what, what would happen if they were in pain? And I was like, you can tell me and I'll believe you you don't have to show me all the different physiologic changes in an animal that's suffering pain. And they were just like, wow, you know, this is, this a thing. So we, we changed that system. And then really after that year they stopped doing that. But um, so that happened, I was involved with a lot of the wildlife studies there. You know, I was um, uh, involved with the coyote study, things like that throughout my uh, the lower years. And then when it came to externships, I went crazy. I just, they said, oh, you can do one or two externships off campus. And so I think I did five. Um, and I just took advantage of every opportunity I could. I did some things in the summer. I worked at Woodland Park Zoo. I went, um, I got, during that externship, I got to hand raise a tiger.
0: Oh,
1: my um, You know, and then I worked doing uh, marine mammals at the Marine Mammal Center in San Francisco. I did the... Woods Hole um, aquatics, aqua vet course, which was just fabulous. Um, you know, I went to Florida. I just, I was just, I was all over the map. I'm like, wherever I can touch interesting animals, I'm doing this. Because before vet school, I'd worked for several years in zoos. Mm-hmm. So I had worked at Lincoln Park Zoo um, in the conservation department and also in the at the animal hospital um, as the um, basically their record secretary. And that just, I had so much access to the animals in those days. It was, you know, all hands on deck all the time because it was a, you know, it's sort of a different world, but, yeah, yeah. um, so that was, that really started me thinking, I really want to be a zoo
0: vet. So, so as you headed toward graduation, what sort of medicine did you think you're going to get out and practice?
1: Well, I, I got towards graduation and I started off in a residency in zoo, um, in zoo work. I got this plum, position, which everyone's like, oh, you'll, you'll never get it. And I just, I just did that thing. I was going to barrel my way through to it. And so I got this residency with Lincoln Park Zoo, Brookfield Zoo, and the Shedd Aquarium doing the zoo pathology program. And it was, it was fabulous. It was just in its infancy. It had just started. I knew a lot of the players already because again, I had worked in zoos. So that sort of gave me an in and it was really great. And then, and my husband and I got married and then a year into it um, I was pregnant and they were telling me I was going to be working with like an entire year of basically formaldehyde. And I was like, Oh, so at the time I considered that a huge tragedy. And that's one of the things I always think about for people. Like every time something happens to you in your career and you think it's a huge tragedy, turns out it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, I didn't finish my residency. I just said, all right, I, I can't do this and worry about the side effects of what's going to happen to this baby. Because I did have a friend that had some pretty horrible side effects from working with um, formaldehyde, even with a respirator. Mm -hmm. So I, I left and I honestly, I was really sad at the time and then I never looked back at all. I was pretty happy with, with my decisions. I, I went into small animal medicine. I did rehab for wildlife and I, Sort of started that other journey that I am very intensely on right now, which is really looking into more of a um, holistic approach, as well as really examining what we're doing with pets and ourselves in terms of health for, you know, our pets, but the food animals that feed our pets, for the, the plants that feed our pets, for the, you know, planet Earth, for me, has become my largest patient. And I just think about it that way where I'm just, I have to think about a global approach to every case and I have to examine the ways that we provide health for each of my patients. And that has, it's changed my life. And I think it's made a big difference in my satisfaction with what I've done with my career.
0: Oh, that's great. So when did you start your own practice?
1: I started, I worked for a long time for um, other practices. I worked in a country practice, which was great. It taught me a lot of, you know, sort of seat of the pants medicine, you know, when uh-huh. you like get a big pen and some duct tape and you can do this, um, which was a lot of what zoo medicine was actually. Yeah. So that's yeah. interesting. That sort of translated over. And then, um, then I worked in the city in Chicago. I worked with a really big practice. It was, I think at the time, a six doc- doctor practice. I'm very well known. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. I loved working there. I loved the people. But my problem was I was then getting more into, I had finished my acupuncture training at this point. I had started to talk more about nutrition. um, And I was looking at the foods we were recommending and I was starting to think about how often we were vaccinating every year. And I I was becoming a burden to the practice because they're selling those products. And I was like, well, maybe don't buy that kibble food. And maybe we should not, you don't really have to vaccinate every year. We can do this blood test instead, or just, you know, things like that. And I got called in all the time. They were like, Barb, (laughs) you have to do what the other doctors do here. You can't, you can't do that. So that was tricky. So I, I stayed there for years. I mean, I think I was almost eight years there and I, I, you know, I was toughing it out because I was doing acupuncture there. They let me have a day of acupuncture and it was Mm -hmm. really wonderful. But there just got to be a point where I felt like I'm just I'm swimming upstream here. And I had no intention of running my own practice ever. Never wanted to do it because I don't seem to have the head for that. Yeah. And then I opened my own tiny little practice, 400 square feet, little tiny thing in the city. And I was immediately overwhelmed with clientele. And it just went from there. I started to work. I ran the integrative program at um, the specialty center, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Veterinary specialty center, um, which is you know, it's now like a huge university. But that that program at the time was like you know, you get this closet and this back room, and you're going to have the <laughs> integrative department. I'm like, yay! <laughs> but you know, those things all they've all come along for a lot of us. I think that was really the way it started because people recognized there was a need and a lot of clients were asking for it, but nobody was really that invested in it.
0: Yeah. So what was it like working with specialists at that point?
1: Oh, it was great. And also horrible. So, but excuse me, I had worked with them quite a bit over the years because I'd been doing acupuncture for quite a while, you know, already then. And I was working in a big practice that referred to them a lot. So they were pretty excited about um you know starting the acupuncture combination together so we started with that they had an underwater travel i think they had like the second one made in the U S you know, the, uh, an underwater treadmill. And I, I did lots of coursework on the East coast to really understand and do physical therapy and, and being able to do, which now is physical rehabilitation. You're not allowed to use physical therapy as a term, but anyway, I, at the time that's what it was. And I learned all of that. And then I, I ran that department and they were great in the beginning because I saw a lot of really good results, but it got to the point where Because they were so busy, everybody's so busy, and they're just doing their own thing. They really just weren't referring cases to me. So I started a new program there where I just did, I would put on a full suit and just bring lunch and get all the specialists together in a room and we're going to, you know, at at a luncheon meeting. And I would just be like, this is so great. We're all working together. I really appreciate all the cases you send to me, which they really weren't. Um, But, you know, and just this, these are some cases that, you know, were really great this, this month or whatever. And it was, it was an interesting education. It taught me a lot about how to approach doctors about things when they feel like, you know, I've done the work, there's nothing else to do because I'm a specialist, you know, versus, let's work together. Let's, let's, it's okay. I'm not going to, you know, I, I never ever would say, you know, Oh, that surgeon botched that surgery and I'll fix it. Or, you know, just, you just don't ever talk bad about another veterinarian. You never do anything, but try to really support each other. And it, it really worked. It was great. And and it ended up being such a lovely camaraderie.
0: Were you able to talk about nutrition at that point?
1: Very little. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I did it all the time because I couldn't help myself. Yeah. Um yeah, so I did. I talked a lot about nutrition myself. It drove me crazy because in the underwater treadmill, um, a lot of the things that people use for treats to, you know, encourage their animals to uh-huh. they would be like, you know, and here's a cookie and another cookie. Like, oh my god, we're trying to stop inflammation and you're feeding inflammation right now. Stop. So, you know, we had those conversations all the time. And um yeah, so it got it got a little, you know, up, ups and downs as as the people that were the clients would demand and sort of slow down on demand depending on what's going on in the world um, in terms of their integrative medicine. But I felt like every year it was a little more. Every year there were more people interested, more people well educated. I would get more new clients who would be like, "Oh yeah, I know about this nutrition thing." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, this is cool." Yeah. So and and that's been what I've been seeing. Um, you know, and now in my practice, I, you know, I, I ended up leaving there. I bought, I've had two underwater treadmills in my practice right now. We're, a you know, five doctor practice and, um, you know, we, we do acupuncture, chiropractic, um, physical rehabilitation. We do herbs, we do laser, we do um, homeopathy, you know, I'll use a, and a CC loop or, um, you know, almost a, my fake prolo therapy techniques, you know, that kind of thing. But I just, I just have a new, the policy in my practice is always use what works and so we'll just find it and keep using it.
0: Were you growing your, your, your private practice at the same time you were working with the specialists? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So kind of in parallel.
1: Yeah. It was, it was exhausting, but <laughs> I did it. <laughs> yeah. It was good.
0: So and I was still
1: doing consulting for zoos and I was yeah. still like, I was still doing, you know, I would go and do acupuncture on the zebra or the elephant, or I would, you know, be able to, you know, do a weird surgery on a 400 pound grouper or, you know, that kind of stuff was still really fun for me. So I did that. I worked with people for nutrition on talkins in, in Bhutan, you know, that kind of thing yeah. where you become sort of the weird expert that knows things that nobody else really wants to tackle.
0: Yeah. So, and you and you had enough. You had enough associates back home to keep things under control while you were. Yeah,
1: out. yeah, which was lucky. I've got great people. Such a such a great team. Really dedicated group of women right now who are amazing veterinarians and so accomplished. I just I'm sort of stunned by what's happened. People are graduating from vet school with acupuncture and chiropractic already under their belt like they're certified. I mean, it's my my interns that come through are are brilliant. Just they add so much to the practice. So it's a really nice team. I, I learn new stuff every day, which is my favorite thing because I would go to school for the rest of my life if I could, which is probably why it was so important to me to, to you know, have the acquisition of CIVT and have that part of my life.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start with uh, Rahu and and tell me about the formation of that.
1: Yeah, that was, I guess that's what really happened is I was, I, I, I love school. And then it turns out I, I really love teaching and having all the interns that would, uh, people just started coming to the practice because there weren't very many sort of large practices that encompass that many weird things all in one. And so I had, I I remember once having a group of people from Japan who came through, who were really interested in how we did acupuncture. And I was like, wow, you're from Japan. Like, <laughs> doing here. Um, but you know, just weird mixes of, of interns that wanted to learn different things or they were going many different places. I I had an intern that came through who was planning on going into dairy, dairy medicine or, you know, and so all of that started to make me think, wow, I'm teaching so much during the day. I need to record this. I need to keep track of these types of, you know, little things that we're teaching people and make it into different courses. And so when I had finished writing my book, which was sort of um an all-encompassing primer of how, you know, how I do medicine, why I do medicine, and, and there's a lot of things in the book that, you know, could be actually a course, I thought, all right, well, we should really do this. And Natasha Lilly had been an intern actually at my practice, um, who's a veterinarian, and she um, she and I really hit it off and we just decided whatever we were gonna do, we were gonna try and do it together. And then suddenly her husband got um, traded, had to move to California. So I was like, ah, but we did it anyway. We decided we were going to start an education program and start the Royal Animal Health University just to teach veterinarians, integrative medicine, teach technicians how to manage integrative mes- medicine, and maybe move on to, you know, helping, you know, pet stores, or I, I teach a lot of education to, employees of, of, you know, the, the wonderful little, um, pet food stores in the, in our area. I, yeah. I do their education, um, for the employees or groomers, breeders, things like that. We just thought, you know, they just need to learn the common sense medicine that will keep these animals healthy so that they don't need to, you know, have to be at the vet all the time. Like we're busy enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so at what point did you, how long has, uh, has that program been in place?
1: So the rahu started yeah. and we ran we ran the programs um we had a couple um in person programs in California at Natasha has a really beautiful ranch so it was all um, outdoors in the barn. And, um, we had some really wonderful speakers. We did a whole uh, nutrition and cancer and ke- ke- ketogenic diets, things like that, those courses there. And they were just so fun. Cause we just opened up the doors and you could just see the horses out in the fields. And then the wine, you know, there's all kinds of just wineries and oh my gosh. So it was really nice. And then, um, then we really focused on having some of these tools behind us that would make a difference. So um, Steve Brown, who runs the, um, who developed the animal diet formulator program, this computer program for um, making balanced foods, he was, we'd been working with him for a long time. I'd been working with him when I, when I developed some of the foods for Darwin's or um, other fresh raw food companies. And he said he was going to retire and He wasn't sure what he was going to do with all that information. And I was like, ah. So we were running Rahu. I was running my practice full time. Natasha was running ragged in California. And I said, we have to take on the animal diet formulator as well. And she was like, oh. So we did.
0: And how how long ago was that?
1: That was three years ago, maybe. Maybe three years ago. And then the problem was we had to take that from a... Um, It was an Excel spreadsheet program, really, was what he was doing, and we had to really make it into a cloud-based format. So then we got some connections, and we found a wonderful partner, Robert Kelly, who's in Dubai, and he runs Furchild, which is a a wonderful company for raw food in um, the Middle East. And he said, yes, he would help us because he had an amazing team of IT people to change this into a a web-based program. But then we just focused on that for a while. So the Rahu courses sort of just stayed where they were. We didn't do much with it. We've sort of made a, a, you know, a little thing on the website, like we're going to do this thing for a bit and we'll get back to you. So we worked on the animal diet formulator, got it into a web-based program. And it's been a monster because Steve's a perfectionist, which I love um, and Natasha and I really care about the balance and what's happening with these foods and that the ingredients make sense. Um, Robert was a perfectionist about the <laughs> the program. So I was like, Oh, we're in trouble. Yeah. We've got too many, too many people who want everything perfect. So, so it, it was fun though. It was really great. And it worked out really well because, you know, we ended up, you know, Steve's been correcting USDA data for years. So we got a lot of data out there. We got a lot of things fixed even in the USDA data. Um, and so the programs really, it's, Fabulous, right now it's it's online, and it, we're just finishing the app for it, and all of that. So that's been really a labor of love, um, sort of on the side. And then because Rahu stalled, and I was talking to Barbara Fougere quite a bit, I thought, well, we shouldn't probably reinvent the wheel in education. You know, College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies already runs courses at a lot of the things that we were going to be doing. So let's look at that kind of a merger. And Barbara was very keen to, to sort of say, yeah, maybe you could take this over. So that's sort of the evolution of how we thought. Well, we'll use ev- all of our resources of people, the best people, the most fun. Really, I, I you know I'm at an age when I just want to work with people that are interesting and fun and have the are doing the right thing for the right reasons, and I want to feel good about everything I do every day. Yeah, and that the main thing I think for us is to feel like we've made a difference and that things are a little bit better because we were here. So that was, that was our, one of our big mission statements is like, will this, will this help us do that? And, you know, with the college of integrative veterinary therapies on board with animal diet formulator and the basis of what Rahu was, wow. That's, that's a lot.
0: Yeah. So, so where do you see CIVT going from here?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really see CIVT just doing what it's already absolutely been doing and not really changing the jewel that it is, but just giving it a little bit more, um, a little more legs, as they say, to give it the, the ability to get into more people's homes, into more Um, veterinarians have it easily accessible to give them the tools to really be able to incorporate this kind of medicine into their practices by being in different countries, by really uh, focusing on the U.S. market, by adding um, a lot of um, ease of use in the new website that's coming out um, soon. So um, with the new website for CIVT, um, we're hoping that people will really find it easy to sort of fall into integrative medicine. Unlike the way that I think for many of us, um, you know, at least at, at my age, I look back and I was like, that was hard. <laughs> that was yeah. hard. Yeah. You know, you had to find it where you could. Mm-hmm. It's like, fi- it was like finding pieces of a puzzle. I didn't even know I was making a puzzle. Like I just, another piece just hit me and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that now. And I, I feel like, putting it all together over time and retracing my steps and thinking all the things I had to do. I'd like to put that on a plate for someone. And that's what I think the new CIVT website, the added sort of tools that we've got adding to the, um, the people involved. I mean, you know, all the, the amazing and dedicated veterinarians who have been involved in CIVT. That team is unbeatable. And we just are, we're just adding to that all the time with amazing, um, you know, this is the, the heart and soul of these people. Um, I can't see it do anything, but, but grow and become a game changer for veterinary medicine. And that's really what I'd like to see. I mean, right now in Australia, CIVT has, you know, programs that give you an actual degree. I'd like to see that, you know, that kind of, um, you know, solid science basis for what we do get into the universities, get into, you know, the, even the tech schools and to, you know, what, what breeders are doing or what pet stores are doing, how they're teaching health in general, anywhere, anywhere you see it. So that's what I'd like to see happen for CIVT. And I think it already has all of the core of that and everyone I've dealt with there has only encouraged me that it's, it's just going to keep on. I mean, I feel like the hard work we've done, you know, Barbara did the hard work. I've done my hard work and Barbara Fougere, <laughs> I've done my hard work. You know, you've done your, we've done it. Let's, let's, let's bring that light all together. And if we shine it, I think it's going to be amazing.
0: So with your interest in One Health and the health of the planet, how do how do you see that, um, being worked into the CIVT curriculum?
1: Yeah, I think basically different certification programs that allow people to understand the, you know the evolution, the practice, and um, the practicalities in that one health idea. I think people feel still in veterinary medicine that you pick up acupuncture and then you pick up chiropractic or you you know, you do this little nutrition course and you're a nutritionist or whatever. but it I think we need to be the source, you know and and this incredible voice to, to give the, the um, framework that makes sense for a practitioner to do, the framework that makes sense even for an owner to feel confident that they can ask their practitioner about. So seeing all these courses for non-vets, you know, really um, accessible and, and available for them. I think really just getting the word out that this is happening, that this is right, and it's good and there's a lot of science behind it part of the you know the the biggest things that that Barbara Fougere is really focused on when she put this together was that she wanted tons of resources for everybody and that's something you know you can't really fight that if you're saying you know oh it doesn't make sense to do medicine this way it does make sense it absolutely makes sense and we know that so we need to show it
0: from my standpoint, I, I feel like the more people I talk to, the more of the integrated practitioners, that it's almost like the next wave is, you know, the first thing was we found this this different way to help our patients. And now you, you look at how you can help your patient, but also with an eye toward… The ecosystem and the planet. You know, where are my herbs coming from? Uh, How do they treat the people who harvest the herbs? What what's the impact of raising those things? What you know, and it's just it's pretty cool, pretty exciting stuff to think about.
1: It is, and all of that is what we're focusing on. I mean, it's nice because you know my husband's an organic farmer. That's his job. That's what he does. So I get that everywhere I look, and I believe in what we should be doing for the planet. And I believe that it can be done that way. I have friends now all over the country who do regenerative farming and they're paying more attention to the soil. They're looking at that. I consider the soil as an integral part of you know the beginning of health for every creature here you know paying attention to you know yes are they actually these animals or these plants are they seeing the sun are they are they feeling the the health of the the biometric material you know beneath their their little roots so knowing about everything right down to the you know the bacterial the the protozoal the, the mitochondrial level it matters it turns out it matters we don't really have to know everything about it you don't have to know all the chemical reactions you know i've studied chemistry i know what that's all about but we just have to know what makes sense and understand that there's a system here that's way 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 older than any of us and it's something that we can tap into for health and and connect to that which is not only just healthy in terms of just you know the biomechanics of it and everything else but it's also healthy for our for our beings i mean all of us are feeling so disconnected we're all across the globe. I think, you know, we, we feel the effects of sort of this isolation that really was happening way before COVID hit. You know, we were feeling isolated. We were pushing away from the soil. We were urbanizing. We weren't understanding the cycles of life. People didn't even really want to talk about anything about, you know, death or anything difficult. And we've, we've, we've missed something important in that. And I feel like with this kind of medicine, you can reconnect to that, understand more about where you stand, feel the, the support of your planet, you know, for yourself, for your animals, for the, the foods you're buying, feel, feel the responsibility of knowing, you know, who was that farmer and where did that plant come from and did, did they, you know, rape and pillage to get that or what, what was that? And feeling really responsible for the health of the planet in every little action. It's very possible. And it's just by being conscious and saying, okay, what, what happened there? Is that, is that okay? Just start asking the questions. And that's all I really want from my, you know, now thousands of clients. I have an army of animal loving people. And I want them to, to go out there and, and help me with this. And they are. And it's wonderful. And I was trying for a long time to do it from the top down. You know, I would go to some of the big companies like, did you know, when you high heat process, you're making two potent carcinogens and and we really should change this. And can you, can you do that? And I, you know, I'd get a meeting with someone, you know, because I was Oprah's vet or because I was whatever. I mean, who knows, but no change, no change happens that way. Yeah. So we do it this way. It's much better and it's more fun. It's more fun for me (laughs) anyway.
0: (laughs) Well, good. I think that's a good place to stop great things are coming.
1: Thank you for having me. It was delightful.
0: Oh, great. Look forward to seeing you in person soon.
1: Soon, we hope. All right. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.